My entire sermon this morning is based on 12 words. You can count them. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. So we are in chapter 2, and so far in chapter 2, we have uh, seen Paul illustrate the Christian life in different ways. And uh, he actually uses seven different illustrations in this chapter. This is the fourth of seven. And uh, the first one was a son. And Luke spoke to us uh, several weeks ago, and he illustrated it this way, that um, just like a father raises a son, am I not on? Okay. So anyway, go back to the, uh, to the point. Chapter 2 has seven illustrations of the Christian life. We are on number four. And Luke brought to us the first one, which was to do with the, a son. And he illustrated the fact that um, just like a father trains up or teaches his son, as believers, we should be teaching and training those who are younger than we are and look for faithful men. He actually talked about looking for fat people to follow up on. Faithful, available, teachable. And one of the illustrations he used was of a runner passing the baton onto another runner in a relay race. And essentially, that's what older believers are to do. They are to pass the baton or pass the torch on to the next uh, generation. And at Calvary, that's kind of where we're at. We're beginning to do that, to pass on the baton to the next generation. Second illustration Jake spoke of was a soldier. And a soldier endures hardship. A soldier doesn't entangle himself with the things of the world. And he pleases the one who enlisted him. Sam spoke last week about an athlete, and uh, that we are athletes as believers, and that uh, there is a crown that is given to one who competes by the rules. As long as you compete by the rules and you win, you get the crown. You compete by your own set of rules, you don't. Well, today we're looking at the fourth illustration, and that is of a farmer. Now, we don't live in a... um, an area that is known for its agriculture. The San Francisco Bay Area is not really known for that. It's known for high tech and all the rest of it. And so this may be a little bit unfamiliar to us. Most of us have never worked on a farm. Most of us have never plowed a field. Most of us don't know one end of a cow from the other. Well, most of us do, I guess, but, you know. So our subject this morning is the farmer. And the farmer in this verse has his eye on one thing, the crops. That's what he's looking at. The farmer has one goal and one goal only, and that is to produce a harvest at the end of the season. But if the farmer is ever going to see a bountiful harvest, he must first do the work of farming. Sounds obvious. But it's true. And we can rejoice that the work will get done because Paul describes him in this verse as the hard-working farmer. And Paul says it this way because the only way to see a harvest is to work hard as a farmer. And as Christians, we must work hard, labor hard in the field of the Lord. The farmer says to himself... I am going to partake 
of the crops. I am going to partake of the crops. The New Living Translation reads it this way. I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. And I want you to think about that as a believer. That as you serve the Lord, as you work for Him, that you want, that that is the desire of your heart, to enjoy the fruit of your labor. So I want to walk through a year in the life of a farmer, okay? And uh, this is all uh, not through experience as a farmer, but I, I do play around a little bit with plants in my yard, and I've become quite proficient. At, I have several green thumbs, um, two of mine and two of my wife's. And uh, we enjoy um, planting and harvesting and all the rest of it. And there's a lot of work to it if you want fruit, if you want to harvest. So in the winter months of dreariness and cold, he prepares for the time of planting. He works hard. The winter months are not, are not days off. They're days of work. He prepares his tools. He plows his field, getting it ready for the spring. And he says to himself as he goes about his work, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. In the field next to his, there happens to live another farmer, but he's a lazy man. And he will not work. Now the lazy man wants to enjoy the fruit of his labor. He wants to enjoy the harvest. But he will never enjoy the harvest because he's a lazy man. He's not a hardworking farmer. And the hardworking farmer remembers a verse from Proverbs 20, verse 4. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. But the hardworking farmer wants a reward. And so he rejects the foolish philosophy of the lazy man and determines in his heart that I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. He may not, but I am. So each morning he rises before dawn, and he prepares his heart before the Lord, and he commits his day to the Lord, and he says, Lord, with your help, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. Soon spring comes, and he goes out into the field, and he begins to turn over the soil. And as he prepares for planting, he has this one thought in mind. I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. And the farmer works hard. He's a hard-working farmer. And so we know that if he's a hard-working farmer, he is sweating. He is working to the point of sweat and weariness. And, this, and by the sweat of his brow, he tills the soil and he removes the weed and he plows through the day and into the night and he repeats in his heart over again, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. And as he works the hard soil and he removes every obstacle that would reduce the harvest, if he finds a rock, he takes it away. If there are thorns and thistles, he removes them. If there is hard soil, he adds amendment to it. He does everything in his power to make the field ready because he not only wants a harvest, he wants a bountiful harvest. He wants an abundant harvest. 
He has a single pure desire. And that desire is this. I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. And then comes the day when he goes out into the field. And he reaches, as they did in those days, into a seed bag. It was kind of like a little apron folded over and the seed was in the pouch. And he'd reach into the pouch and he'd scatter the seed on the prepared soil. And as he reaches down and he broadcasts the seed on the ground, and as the seed is scattered upon the soil, in his heart he rejoices and he whispers to himself, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. And as he labors into the hot afternoon and he scatters the seed, tears form streams through the dust on his face because he knows that the seed that he is sowing right then and there could be turned into flour and he could make bread for his family. And he's taking away some of the food that the family could have because he is looking to the harvest. And he suppresses the urge to consume all that he has now. And he looks to the future. And in that secret place of his heart, he reminds himself yet again, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. And as he scatters the seed, he is reminded of two Old Testament verses from Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And the verses spur him on. For what is promised in those verses is joy that replaces the tears and the rejoicing at harvest time that will compensate for all of the weeping during the planting. The weeping represents the sacrifices that he made in his life in the early part of the season so that there might be an abundance in the future, that there might be an abundance at the harvest. And so the verses also remind him that the harvest is coming. The harvest is future. And in that future day, there will be sheaves of grain that will come from the little seeds that he is planting now. What a change that a seed should produce a full head of corn or a full um, stalk of grain or sheaves of grain from a few few seeds. And that's what he's looking for. And though there were tears in his eyes, his heart overflows as he satisfies himself with this thought again, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. There soon comes a day in the, in the life of a farmer when the planting is over. There's no more planting to be done. And there's a shift in the farmer's work. But he doesn't sit by idly, just waiting. For there are fences to mend. There are birds to keep away. And then there's the watering and the fertilizing and the weeding that still must be done. And so, he's a hard-working farmer. He goes right at his work. And he's not allergic to work. He sees things that need to get done, and he just does them. 
He knows there is profit in all labor, for the Scripture says so. And though the work is long and hard and sometimes lonely, he's up to the task, and he just goes about his work. For his motto is this, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. My labor. That's what God has called me to do. He's called me to work. And so I go out to work. And in the summertime, he again takes a glance over at his neighbor's field. And he sees it once again. The man who would not plow in the winter because it was too cold. He had every excuse in the book why he shouldn't be out there working. And now he's looking at the time when the, the crops are beginning to, to uh, blossom, they're beginning to grow, and he's looking over at his neighbor's yard once again. And so he makes a trip over to his neighbor's side of the fence, and he just walks through the front of the, of the field. And he remembers a verse from Proverbs that says this, I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone walls were broken down. And when I saw it, I considered it well, and I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. He said, I've been robbed. You robbed yourself. And of course, the farmer is an illustration of the Christian life where we sow seeds. We sow seeds of the gospel. And we go out and we prepare the soil by turning over the hard soil in men's hearts. We talk to them about the Lord. And we preach the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And as we make sacrifices of our time and our effort and our finances for the sake of the gospel and maybe even sacrifices in our family, we often weep as we sow the seed. But we continually live sacrificially in the planting time because we have our eye on the harvest that is yet to come. The harvest is future. And we are willing to make sacrifices now because we want to enjoy the fruit of our labors for all eternity. That's why we do it. The farmer illustrates not only the preaching of the gospel, but he also illustrates living the Christian life. Even after the seed is sown, the farmer repairs the breaches in the fences or in the walls to keep things out of the fields. And as we live the Christian life, we must be diligent to keep out of our lives the world and the flesh and the devil. And the Christian as a farmer waters and fertilizes the soil that some might be saved. And he builds up believers who have already come to know the Lord. Like the farmer, our work is never done. Are you a hardworking farmer, a hardworking Christian? We will not be like the lazy man who is devoid of understanding because we know that we have been saved for good works that the Lord has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's given us work to do. 
A true Christian is not afraid of work. A true Christian is not afraid of rolling up his sleeves and getting involved in people's lives. A true Christian is busy about the things of his master. And the work of farming is hard. It's lonely. And at times it's kind of an uninviting work. Very often the farmer works alone. And then the thing about a farmer, unless he takes a particular crop to a fair, there are no awards. There are no ribbons to earn. You just go out and you work with the eye on the harvest. There are no ribbons, no medals awarded for victories. The soldier that we talked about, he gets to enjoy that. If he does some challenging thing, he saves a life, or he takes a bullet, or he does something else. You've seen them. They've got ribbons all over the place. I forget who it was, what general it was, or what leader it was who had a handful of of these uh, cloth ribbons in his hands, and he says, with these I will conquer the world. You understand that? There's nothing like that for a farmer. And then Sam talked about the victories of an athlete. You know what? You go to the Olympics, you could be a gold winner, or a silver winner, or a bronze winner. I mean, you've got three choices there. Three possibilities. No chance of getting a gold, silver, or bronze in farming. It doesn't work that way. There is no praise from men. What motivates the farmer is not the reward of a gold medal or a a chest full of ribbons. What motivates the farmer is the harvest. That's his reward. And he will be the first to enjoy it. Now a farmer, because of his work, has to have serious character qualities. Deep-rooted character. He must exercise diligence, patience, perseverance. Those are all character qualities associated with a farmer. It was James who wrote of the patience of the farmer. He says this, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. The Lord is coming soon, and his reward is with him. Therefore, we must endure. That's a quality of the Christian life. The Bible holds out reward as a motivation for all believers. The reward for the farmer, it's the harvest. And some say, well, I don't serve the Lord for the reward. I choose not to serve the Lord for the reward. Why? He challenges us to seek rewards. He encourages us to look to the harvest. Why wouldn't we do that? And when some people say, I don't serve the Lord for the reward, I often think, yeah, neither did the lazy man. (laughs) He didn't seek the reward either. The Lord tells us to work, for he is bringing his reward with him. And that's the harvest, my friends. The reward of the farmer, it comes at the time of harvest. Some of you right now study the scripture and you study it hard. Many of you spend countless hours in prayer. 
meditation on the Word, personal study of the Scripture, many evenings digging into the Word. And sometimes you may feel after days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months of this, you say, what's the worth? What's the point? What's the use? Paul reminds Timothy that there is a reward for working hard, but it doesn't come until the harvest. Just like in farming, you don't get the fruit until the harvest. Like the farmer, we should have as our daily motivation, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labors and keep working. The farmer works hard, but waits patiently for the early and the latter rain. The farmer works hard and long as he bears the heat and the burden of the summer days. The farmer works hard as he patiently waits for the harvest. He sees the plants growing, and yet he has to wait. The signs are all around us, brothers and sisters, that the harvest is about to come in. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming, and He's coming soon. The harvest is about to be, to be enjoyed. Work while it is day. Now, I know we don't live in a farming community. I said that. So it may be hard for us to appreciate what a farmer goes through in a given year. I believe there must be times of discouragement. He looks back at the preparation during the winter time and all that preparation, but there was no reward for it. There was no harvest in the winter. And then he remembers the planting on the cold spring morning. Mornings, probably. And there was no reward for that. He didn't get anything, for there was no harvest at planting time. He endured the heat and the burden of the summer months. And still, there was no harvest. And then as the crisp, cool days of fall begin, he may have been, become discouraged. Can I ask you, as you serve the Lord, do you feel discouraged? Do you feel like, will I ever be rewarded for all that I have done at harvest time? At harvest time. Are you feeling discouraged? Well, let me remind you of a verse. It says, for God is not unjust to forget your labor of love in how you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God has not forgotten your work. And you've come this close to the harvest. Don't give up now. Imagine what it would be like for yourselves to go out <clears throat> tomorrow, and this would be the beginning of a new year for you, and you go to your boss and you say, I'm working today, and at the end of the week, you expect your paycheck, but he says, no, this year we're going to do something completely different. We're going to treat you like farmers. Just wait. And so at the end of week two, you go and ask for your paycheck, and he says, we're still treating you like farmers. And after the first month, I'm sorry, but we're still treating you like farmers. Would you continue to work? And two months go by, 
the winter is past and now it's spring. And you say, okay, I've put in a whole winter here. I'm sorry, but we're still going to treat you like farmers. And at the end of spring, you come and say, look, it's been six months. You're a farmer, remember? And at the end of summer, after working hard all that time, you haven't given up in your, in your diligence. You've continued to work and work and work. And at the end of summer, you come and say, come on, please, be patient. We're treating you like farmers. And it isn't until the end of the season, the end of the year, that finally the harvest comes. You say, well, wow, it's a bountiful harvest. It's a full year's worth. And you get it all at once. But man, you have to be patient for it. Man, you have to wait and wait and wait. But don't give up. Don't be discouraged. There's a big payout at the end. No wonder the farmer goes out and has as his motto, I am going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. The farmer's life is an illustration of the Christian life. The fruit of our labor is at the very end. We may not see it at all in this life, but we cannot lose hope. We cannot become sluggish. There is a reward, but it's at harvest time. And God is carefully taking note of everything that you do for Him. Every service, every kindness, every act of mercy, everything you do for Him. Every gospel tract you put out, every prayer you pray, every tear you shed are saved in His bottle. He remembers it all. He cannot forget. And He is not unjust to forget your labor of love. And he will reward you at harvest time. Say it with me. I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. I didn't hear that very well. Doesn't sound too convincing. If you're convinced about it, say it. I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. Good. I hope you do. What is that fruit? It's the harvest. It's the reward of a job well done. It's what we've been waiting for. It's the city whose builder and maker is God. It's the promises that we currently see afar off, but we are assured of them and embrace them now. It's the fulfillment of our faith. It's the next generation of saints raised up, and it's the reward that is laid up for us in heaven. It is a reward for giving here on earth. It is a reward for living for God here and now. It is the harvest of a million choices that we have made here on earth to serve Christ rather than ourselves. And to give you a glimpse of what the harvest will be like, here are some verses to consider this week. Brothers and sisters, you are farmers in the field of the Lord. And as one old farmer to another... I want to encourage you and give you some advice. And so this is our call to action for this week. Several things I want you to think about. First of all, are we on? Thank you. Okay, sow bountifully. If you're a farmer, you've got to sow seed. 
But in the scripture it says this, Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this, Give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Sow bountifully. Number two, call to action this week. Share the gospel. Purpose in your heart this week to share the gospel with just one person. If you have opportunities to share the gospel with more, do that. But at least one. Share the gospel. That's part of planting and watering. And in 1 Corinthians 3.8 it says this, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. There's a reward for sharing the gospel. Number three, be a hard worker. Just like the farmer, it says, the hard-working farmer. Be a hard worker at school, at your job, in your home, in your community. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, And whatever you do, if God has called you to a career, whatever you do, if He's called you as a homemaker, whatever you do, if He's called you to, to be a nurse or a doctor or a technician or an IT guy or whatever, whatever you do, whatever it is, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Now you may go to work this week and you may actually get a paycheck. They may not treat you like farmers. You may get reward here on earth. That's just the earthly reward. That's not what it's talking about here. That's just to put food on your table. But in the same time you're working for your boss, you're working for your real boss, the Lord, your master. And he will reward you as well. But it's eternal. It's not temporary. The stuff here on earth is temporary. The stuff in heaven is eternal. And that's the reward we're looking for. That's the harvest we're looking for. <clears throat> Number four, repair the holes in your fence. That's what a farmer does during the downtime. Put away evil from your life. Put away wrong thoughts. Remove the thorns and weeds in your heart and return to the first love you had for Christ when you first came to Him. Keep out the world. Keep out the flesh. Keep out the devil. Galatians 6-7 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And that's both a positive and a negative in that verse. Whatever a man sows. If it's good, it's good. If it's evil, it's evil. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Number five, never give up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says this, And let us not grow weary, while doing good. For in due season, that is at the harvest, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Never give up. Christian life is not about quitting. The Christian life is about carrying on to the end. 
Number six, trust God for the future harvest. 2 Timothy 2, verse 6. Well, here we are again. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. And I hope this morning that you can say with me, I am going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. Words that were spoken to Ruth in Ruth chapter 2, verse 12, are these. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. The Lord is coming, and his reward is with him. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you this morning, we are thrilled to know that every act of kindness, every act that we uh, commit to you, every part of our work, every part of our day, our prayers, our tears, our thoughts, our uh, jobs, our careers, everything that we do in service for you, you will reward. We thank you, Lord, that we have opportunity to serve you in spiritual things as well. We thank you for the opportunity that you have committed to clay vessels, the, um, the work of getting the gospel out. We pray, Lord, that you would give us opportunities and that we would seize them to plant seeds and to water seeds that have already been planted. Lord, we look to you and we look to the harvest that you have prepared for us. We think, Lord, of the, the days of labor here on earth, Lord, that we would not give up. We would not be discouraged. We would not quit. We would not become disillusioned. But Lord, we would serve you with glad hearts, knowing that from you our reward will come. Lord, we want to live in a way where we are pleased to serve you, where we are pleased to look for that harvest that is to come. And Lord, we are looking forward to that day when you come and you reward your saints. We ask for your rich blessing on all who are here today. In Jesus' name, amen.